Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. Hello and welcome to Top Flight Time Machine. This is the podcast that I've just decided is the best football podcast there is. This one that's about to happen. No, just in general. Oh, this this show. Just the whole whole. thing. Yeah. But do you feel like this is going to be our best episode? It feels there's an atmosphere in the studio today, and to me, it feels a bit like how I imagine it felt when you two got in the studio and they were about to do the Joshua Tree. Mm. There's an impending sense of greatness. Yep. It's 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 kind of like we're on a platform. This is our moment. All eyes are on us. All eyes are on us, but we can rise to the challenge mm. because what we're doing here now is we're about to start doing a weekly topical episode, looking back at the previous weekend's football. Yeah taking this top flight time machine fuckery to a whole new level. It's next level stuff, this, because we're involving ourselves effectively. Whereas, until now, we've been very much historians, social cultural historians. Now, we are frontline journalists. We're Responding and reacting to the news as it happens. Exactly. It's it's a a huge mantle for us to take on. Some people shrink, don't they? In the glare of information. Let's not name any names, but we know who we're talking about. But I think we'll rise to it, just like... Bono and The Edge did all those years ago. Exactly, exactly. Right, where shall we begin? Um, the, the Premier League's back. Obviously, the smaller leagues returned a week they prior to this. They returned a week ago. But um, the Premier League is back, and it's been a pretty solid opening weekend, I think. Wow, I was so excited, Andy. Even though it hasn't been a big gap, like usually you have to endure it. Like next summer, you'll have to endure a really long summer of no football. Yeah, we'll Even have Brexit though, so it'll it, be all right. It hasn't been a big gap since the World Cup, but I was so excited. Maybe I was excited as a West Ham fan. We'll get on to that because you know it was it's a very exciting season for us when you manage new players. But on Friday night, Manchester United versus Leicester, mm-hmm. I was tremendously excited. I rushed home, I stuck it on. And my daughter and wife looked at me, then looked at each other and just laughed. Really? Well, because it was Friday night. Friday night in my house is usually take away curry and we'll watch a film that we okay. can all agree upon. And when they saw me just walking bold as Bryce, as if I owned the place, <laughs> which <laughs> technically I do, at well, least 50% yeah. of it. Yeah. But, you know, really no. Emotionally no. Really no, I'm like mm. fifth below the cat, right? Yeah. And I switched, I swaggered in and switched on like... Premier League starts tonight. Boom. Bosh, here we go. They just looked at each other and laughed. So you're saying that you didn't get to watch that much? I watched about 10 minutes while they tinkered about doing other stuff. <laughs> and then they just just took the remote off me. And I just had to keep half an eye on it on my phone. It but a, nevertheless, it was a great start. It was a good match. Two players who I'm fairly certain despised Jose Mourinho. <laughs> both scored. Paul yeah, Pogba I was happy Luke for them. Shaw. Mourinho, in spite of all of that, celebrated like a lunatic after the, both the goals. <laughs> um, Paul Pogba did some kind of bizarre trot 
when he took his penalty, he did this little scamper oh, yeah. Yeah, up with yeah. the ball, which was new and interesting. Um, other than that, it was the usual Manchester United kind of grinding, dull performance. Mourinho, I mean... Leicester what? got one back right at the end. A, a silly goal. A silly goal. Yeah, Jamie silly Vardy. goals give away. Uh, it came in, came in and then bounced off the post and went in off his head. They could have quite easily got a second goal and equalise it if there'd been another two or three minutes left because the tails were up after that. That would have been... Um, quite amusing but I've got nothing against Manchester United as such I should explain as we're doing this new era of, of where we talk predominantly about the Premier League um, I've got a low level of contempt for pretty much every team in the Premier League Right. so I don't want anyone to think that I'm biased against their particular team is that because like they're in the them. Premier League pretty much yeah or they each and every one of them all 20 of them have in some way angered you in well, the past there's a, there's in specific a, incidents there's a bit of both it, it's all rooted in my own insecurities and, and deficiencies yeah but hang on so if you if suddenly get back into the prem yeah your feelings will remain the same well, or yeah. will you feel slightly less angry towards no, the premier not, league do you not hit every other team that west ham play i don't by default i don't spend i i hate some teams here's with such a powerful in, word i i dislike some teams with such an intensity yeah that i feel like i don't have the energy to hate or, or dislike uh, all of them. There's right. none left. Well, I did say that. I mean, when we play them, I really dislike them. Yeah. Like, Liverpool are not a side that I traditionally have a big problem with. Some people really hate Liverpool. I'm, you know, kind of indifferent. I wanted them to win the Champions League. Um, when we played them yesterday, I was watching my brother, who's a Spurs fan, mm-hmm. and he said to me, there was in, in the build-up, he went, in the last 10 minutes, you've developed an intense hatred of <laughs> Liverpool and Liverpudlians, he said, which you've never before demonstrated. You reached for your Boys from the Black Stuff DVD and My it, God, I mean, my nan it. was a Scouser. I had a mild affection for the Scouse nation. But the biased nature of Sky Sports coverage... Now, here's a theory... Oh. Here's a theory, now right? Then. So, in the build-up, in the studio, they've got Souness and Carragher, mm-hmm. two bona fide Liverpool legends, yeah. right? That's not counterbalanced, as it should be, in my opinion, by some West Ham voice, right? Such so, as... I don't know. Frank McAvenny. Yeah. It, whoa, now you're talking. That would be absolutely excellent, <laughs> Wouldn't it right, just... if you had Frank McAvenny in there. But no, they've got two Liverpudlian legends. They do the entire build-up just about Liverpool. Just about Liverpool. There's a couple of minutes on West Ham and they are, you know, understandably regarded as lambs to the slaughter by Souness and, and Carragher. Now, as it transpired, we were lambs to the slaughter. Mm. But this is before the game started. I would have liked... And I was so angry. But my brother had an interesting theory. He said, do you think, you know... And he was objective because he's not a West Ham fan. And he said, do you think that there are commercial reasons for Sky demonstrating such bias towards clubs like Manchester United and Liverpool because it's a global brand. Yeah. Those are the clubs that, you know, have huge support around the world. Those are the clubs that the you know, all the you know, millions of people in bloody China or Thailand or yeah. India are tuning in to see, right? And are mm. obsessive about. And so they turn it a little bit into the Liverpool show or the Manchester United show, regardless of who they're playing. Mm-hmm. Do I mean, is that a conspiracy <clears throat> theory too far? Or do you accept that? There's there's an element to that. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, Liverpool would be regarded as a nice succulent piece of fillet steak, whereas West Ham are kind of like some mm. offcuts of mutton that you'd be given in a, yeah. a plastic bag yeah. by a butcher out of sympathy 
for yeah. fifty pence. All right. But but I see what you mean. There is that imbalance. You got a you know regardless of what people think of the different size of the teams or all the rest of it. You got to give a balanced piece of coverage. I'm not saying people should have been saying West Ham are favourites for that game, but you want to see equal coverage of both sides yeah. and, and and a proper objective analysis. Right at the end, <clears throat> just as they're coming out of the tunnel, the presenter says um, to Sunes, "Do you think he said Liverpool? Uh, not many teams beat them at Anfield. Do you think they'll make life difficult for West Ham today?" And Sunes went, "Excuse me. Oh, do you think?" Liverpool will make life difficult. I absolutely think they will. In fact, I think that they'll come flying out of the traps and they'll just have too much to, uh, for West Ham to cope with. And I'm like, all right, fair enough. Again, he was right. that turned out to be yeah. true. But McAvenny where's, where's McAvenny? He wouldn't have said that. Where's McAvenny? I want McAvenny to say, of course, Liverpool will start favourites, but West Ham under the new manager... If they do this, that, and the other, they might have a chance to get something out of this game. And then he might round it off with his infamous catchphrase, (laughs) Ah, it's just a wee bit of Charlie. (laughs) You know that's his catchphrase, right? Yeah. When he got pulled over at the airport in Glasgow. They used to sell T-shirts saying that on outside Upton Park. Did they? Those were the days. (laughs) Ah, it's just a wee bit of Charlie. So, it was 4-0... it's not the kind of start of the season that you wanted, really. What, what did you think about it as a West Ham fan? Because I thought, I thought that West Ham looked absolutely petrified, mm. confused, yeah. um, devoid of any kind of a plan. No plan. But but Liverpool, Liverpool were good. Um, I didn't think Liverpool needed to get out of third gear. No. I think that. Um, I think. I mean, by the time the fourth goal went in, I, to be honest, I wasn't paying much attention. The third goal being offside was cruel. Yeah, that was cruel. But there was no. If there was. Sometimes you can be 2 0 down, but still feel like you're in it. Yeah. We weren't in it. Wouldn't have made any difference. It didn't make it? any. It was, as soon as it was two at half time, I thought we were. We did look bad in the first half. But I thought if we can get in at half time 1 0, then the manager might be able to make some changes and we might have a chance. Yeah. And then they went 2 0 up, and both goals in the first half were our mistakes. It wasn't Liverpool brilliance at all. And so, I mean, you know, not disrespecting Liverpool, I'm sure they'll have a great season. But you're right. The thing was, we had no plan. You can't rock up at Anfield on the first day of the season without a a really rigorous and well-drilled plan. Hmm. He decided to play... I mean, I don't want to get too tactical because tactics are for cunts, as we've established on this podcast it's, it's many the, times before. It's the before. byline of this podcast, if it's anything. Exactly. It's <laughs> yeah. Top light time machine, because tactics are for cunts. <laughs> Heat maps, get fucked. Yeah. But, you know, the way they defended was just obscene. I mean, it was like mad. <laughs> and we've, we've spent £100 million and yeah. we've got a former Real Madrid manager, a man who won the Premier League not that long yeah. ago. And you would think, this bloke knows how to coach a side. In fact, you'd think, even if he had not spent £100 million, you thought he could have taken last season's team and improved them mm. just by superior coaching. Um, I, I don't know what the fuck he's done. <laughs> I say Pellegrini out. Now, he seems like a a nice man, but he does look so old. And we were remembering yesterday while we were watching it, it was quite a few years back when Alan Pardew, the self-styled banter king of English football, had a row with Pellegrini on the touchline. Yes. And was seen quite clearly to mouth the words of him, fuck off, you old cunt. Now, 
That was going back about five years ago. Can I just add mm. the age difference between the two men? Yeah. Eight years. <laughs> but the thing is about Pellegrini, to be <laughs> fair to Pars, right, it was horrible. But Pellegrini has a very lined face, which I think makes him look distinguished and wise. Yeah. What programme am I thinking? I think in Pocahontas, is that a film you're familiar it's with? It's not, unfortunately. I'm, I'm aware of the um, the lead character because I um, she's stood fit. in a queue oh. at Disney World in Florida yeah. for my children to have a oh meet and God. greet with her. Oh, and no. it was a long queue and I had to spend a lot of time looking, looking at, at this her. gorgeous Native American lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in I, went, a skin, I got, I got in... a bit bashful by the time we got to the Oh front my of the queue. God. Yeah. So that's the only thing I can talk about. For is, is she the fittest Disney princess? This is something I've put a lot of thought to. Well, there's the Ariel, isn't there? But she's a mermaid. But no. that, that gives it an added kind of. For me, the fittest Disney princess is probably Belle from Beauty and the Beast. She, she has enormous, gorgeous eyes that you could lose yourself in, mm. and I have done. Um, for me, that's that's the second best Disney princess film after a film I regard as one of the funniest films of all time, Snow White. <laughs> right, okay. Um, I'm going to stick with Pocahontas. Yeah, I've, I've got that memory of Florida, and it's not going to leave me ever. Well, in Pocahontas, there is a tree woman who is literally a face in a tree that mm. Pocahontas visits for advice. I think it's Pocahontas's nan is a tree, but because you know Native Americans, etc., and she goes and asks this tree for advice from time to time. It's mainly to do that the tribes expect uh, her to marry Kokowan, who's quite a serious warrior. Yeah. And she's a free spirit, and she wants to. I think she wants to get off with a whitey uh, imperialist who's come called John Smith. So I don't. To be honest, a forbidden fruit. The political ethics of that film are for another podcast on another day. Anyway, she goes and speaks to this tree, and the tree is an old tree, but there's a face sort of embedded in its trunk, and it's yeah. an old woman. And anyway, that's what Pellegrini looks like. He looks like a face <laughs> in a tree. I'm really pleased that we didn't go back to the love tree. No, not uh, from Sausage not Island. Roger there. Miller's love no, tree. I, I, I don't imagine that being as knotted with old roots and such like. I think what West Ham have done is they've they've tried to sort of a stick point to a tree. What they know. Oh. No, they, well, it's sort of they've, what they've done is they've hired a haunted, morose figure as manager because it worked last season with David Moyes, and you know worst case scenario West Ham could have gone down, but led by a man with a face that deserved a relegation. And they've stuck with that again this season. Pellegrini's got that kind of face. If it goes tits up, you're going to look at him and go, well, fucking hell, of course it is. I mean, the thing is, there's a difference, isn't there? Because Moyes looked a bit haunted and, you know, yeah, Moyes Moyes looked like he half expected relegation. I don't know about Pellegrini. He's hard to read, isn't he? Mm. Like all trees are. But he's art. He looks. You could sort of, do a bark rubbing on his face, couldn't you? you? Oh God! Imagine that. You could do that and then auction it off that for could charity. Be part of the, the, the West Ham VIP experience for like five hundred <laughs> quid a day. You get like a slap up meal. You get you, to watch it from. Well, you get the box. corporate package. Yeah. And and before or after the game, you get to you do get a, a bark rubbing on a bark, you, face. You get a yeah. piece of paper and a crayon. Yeah. And you just rub it over his face. You get to take there. it home. Then he signs there. it and yeah. you take it home. That would be wonderful. They're missing a trick if they like If you listen to this, Karen Brady, he's got half. He's, he, he's got a weird, confused smile on his face, actually like an old man <laughs> who doesn't quite know where he is. Yeah. And his eyes are a bit. What's the word when eyes go murderous? No, they're not murderous. They're sort of happy but bewildered. Do you think? 
and they're slightly kind of what would you say milky glassy yeah milky sure. milky eyes mm. definitely so i don't know if he knows where he is or what's going on we'll find that's out my co- that's what weeks. i mean but you know we next up we're playing bournemouth at home and maybe maybe i mean it would be we west ham fans think that we've moved to the next level with the new manager and all these new players but if we roll over and just simply accept a 4-0 spanking away at Anfield and then think it's okay as long as we nick a 1-0 win at, yeah. against Bournemouth at home, there is nothing more West Ham than that. <laughs> you, you know, what's the point of hiring Pellegrini on big wages? Just put whoever in charge. Bring back Glenn Roder. Yeah, oh, well. exactly. All right, let's move on there. We'll just finish off talking about Liverpool-West Ham by saying that Naby Keita looks fucking brilliant. Yeah, but again... He was up against was a up very against West Ham, pedestrian so West Ham sure. midfield. Yeah, we can't be totally sure. This is it. At this point in the podcast, we feel obliged to mention that we're going to be doing uh, a live show. Aren't yeah, we, Sam? and that's going to be in London on Friday, the seventh of September, at King's Place in King's Cross, as part of the London Podcast Festival. We're going to be doing um, something slightly different. We're going to be covering a piece of footballing literature. Mm. Um, are we prepared to announce what that is yet? Uh, well, I'm fully oh, committed is it, is it, to what you, you to are, the book. Yeah. Okay, we can announce then it's yeah. going to be the 1987 shoot annual. A great work, a great literary uh, work that deserves the kind of rigorous analysis that only great minds like Dawson and Delaney like can what offer. We have. So get yourself along to that if you're in London, or if you want to come from other parts of the country and have a night out in London. Get yourself on a train or yeah. a plane or get in the car, drive down. It's going to be a hell of a night. Best hour of your life. Yeah, it'll be like a great literary event with the sort that Malcolm Gladwell might do with Ishiguru, but mixed with Queen at Live Aid. And a bit of PowerPoint. Mm. So that's that, 7th of September. And we should also mention we do another podcast, which is like this one, but it's about the news in as much as it's not really about the news. Uh, and that's called News Thing. You can find us on Twitter at News Thing and do a search on the usual formats for News Thing. End of message. This is it! What was the other big match of the weekend? Arsenal versus Manchester City. Yesterday, uh, Manchester City won that one at a canter, it seemed. Mm. Um, they didn't seem to get into top gear, but then Arsenal didn't really give them much to worry about. I still think Arsenal are going to do all right. I think. Oh, mate, I thought Arsenal were piss poor. Yeah, but I, I just I'm think he'll sort it out, this Emery fella. Well, he's got a lot to fucking do. He has. Do you see that new fella they got playing in midfield? Sideshow Bob? Glenn Doozy. Jesus yeah. Christ. Actually, is that his name, Glenn Doozy? Something like that. Where's he from? Um, not sure. He looks a bit like uh, This isn't Side the podcast Bob. where we do research. Sam, he also that. looks a bit like... Um, is Kenny G look a bit like that? Yeah, well, it's it's that David Luiz thing, isn't it? And apparently, you know, David Luiz is 31 now. Is he? Do you so think... it's like a transition thing. David Luiz is going to fade from the scene and Glenn Doozy is going to Glenn... come to the forefront. Is his name social... Glenn? It's something like that. Is it? But is that two names? Is his first name no, Glenn his and his second name Doozy? It's his surname. I just right. can't read it properly. Because if he was Glenn, that would be... We haven't had a decent Glenn. There used to be plenty of Glens, didn't they? Yeah, Rhoda Hoddle. I think last year we went. Last week we went into was the Snowden? Was greatest ever Glenn British Snowden, Bernards. Yeah. Who would be in your top three British Glens? Well, you've got Hoddle, obviously. Hoddle's got, um, obviously yeah, number one. Rhoda, yeah. uh, Glenn. I can't think of another one. Uh, I've got to say Glenn Frey from the Eagles, who was American. Oh, we're not just including football. All right, then. No, well, before we did... Bur- the oh, Bernards right, were Sumner yeah. Matthews... 
Yeah. Great Glens. The world's greatest Glens. Glen Frey, Glen Roda, and Glen Hoddle. But who was best? Hoddle. Hoddle, you, just over Frey. Just over Frey? Just over Frey. I'd have loved to have seen a night. You know when you do a dinner, and it's like, t- they used to do Rodney Marsh and George Best doing yeah. anecdotes together. And it's the sort of thing that I imagine you and I will soon get on that circuit. Definitely. Um, but the two Glens, Glen Frey and Glen Hoddle, doing a corporate Can gig. Can I just give you a, a curveball of Glen Campbell? Yeah. What a trio. The three Glens. Could be. They'd be struggling. If all three of them wanted to tell funny anecdotes, they'd have to really keep to a tight schedule. Can I just say my favourite song by Glen Campbell is Rhinestone Cowboy. Oh, it's a great because song. Of the, the, the line in the chorus. Obviously, the story of the song is he's become a rhinestone cowboy. Mm. He's got overnight fame. <laughs> and he says, like a rhinestone cowboy, getting cards and letters from people I don't even know. Uh. And, <laughs> and offers coming over the phone. Oh, Billy Big Boots. Fucking hell, that'll be us soon, Imagine mate. that. Offers coming over the letters, phone. Cards, okay, the letters, cards, the locks. Where were we? You were talking about Arsenal and Manchester City. Yeah, basically, I just think Arsenal are shit. Their new signings look shit. The uh, the tactics look shit. I think it could go either way. It could, it, Emery could sort it out, or it could be a bit like when Don Howe took over from Terry Neal. Yeah, or when bloody so Bruce Rioch took over from um, George Graham. From George Graham. Did, he did sign Dennis Bergkamp, though. Yeah, about he that did was sign it. Dennis Burke, and he only had one year. This, this is it! it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. This is it. You know what? They reckon that footballers these days are soft and pampered mm. and a bunch of big girls' blouses. Yeah. But I'll say this for Chris Wood. At Burnley, mm. he presented himself fit and ready to play after recovering from an insect bite. <laughs> but what insect though? I don't care. Well, it makes a big difference. Oh, come on, how can you? How's an insect bite going to stop you from playing football? Is a tarantula an insect? Yes. Is oh, it's it? It's an arachnid, isn't it? Oh, it's an arachnid. What about a scorpion? Yeah, that would count. That's an insect. Are you trying to say Chris Wood got bitten by a scorpion? Yeah, in Burnley. Fuck that. No, he didn't. mind you, I saw a video the other day of a snake eating a pigeon on the streets of London. Did you see that? Where was this? Where about Just in London? the streets in East London really? somewhere, yeah. It had escaped. The the snake, <laughs> not the pigeon, the pigeon's free. Doesn't have to escape from anywhere other than from its the cell it puts itself in. Because of the guilt it feels about the way it's left its <laughs> led its life. Uh So but, and it just caught this pigeon was just ingesting it live, was it? Yeah, but the thing is if you drive it's at a pigeon a if you drive at a pigeon. Yeah. The pigeon will always get away, won't it? Not that I've ever tried to run yeah. over a pigeon. I wouldn't kill any of God's creatures. I've never hit a pigeon. 
But you know the way they can, you often, you get a bit close by mistake and then they always get away. Yeah. So how does a fucking snake on the streets of East London escape from a pet shop and creep up on a pigeon and then swallow it whole? I think it's just because pigeons are attuned to traffic and they know what to look out for, yeah. but they don't Snakes see a, are, they don't know what a snake is. Snake, yeah. You know, they've never seen any films or anything with snakes. I've seen snakes on a plane, for example, yeah. or anything like that. You know so how, not, you know not, when, you know these videos of cats shitting themselves about cucumbers? I don't know about that. You don't know about that? No. Oh, well, look it up. It's a it's a thing. It's a big internet thing. Basically, people give their cats food while the cat's hunched. Have you got a cat? No. No, while the cat is hunched over the bowl. Eating I have it. access to a cat. Can Gobble it. Okay, well, in that case. <laughs> That's all I'm prepared to say. In that case, right. So the cat is hunched over the bowl, gobbling its food like the greedy bastard it is. And then what you do is you just play, you quietly place a cucumber just behind it. Right. When it finishes, it turns around. And when it clocks the cucumber, it goes fucking ape shit. Like really? they tend to jump like a Harrier jump jet. Oh, from they, the they just, just straight up in the up, air yeah, really like high. And then they run away. And is, um, it, is it a whole cucumber or a sliced one? No, a whole, it has to be a whole one. Right. But talking of sliced cucumbers, sorry, this takes another direction. Look at those. The, um, the, there was an interview with Robbie Williams' wife, and she was asked, what's the weirdest thing about living with Robbie Williams? And she said, one day he came into the kitchen and I was unpacking groceries, and there was a cucumber on the sideboard, and he freaked out and went, what the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? Right, bit like a cat. He's like a cat. And she said, it's a fucking cucumber. And he went, that's not what cucumbers look like. And she established he'd only ever seen a cucumber in its sliced form. (laughs) <laughs> That's how famous and pampered he was. He'd never seen a complete one. Anyway, the yet yeah, I don't. I've never done the cucumber trick on my cat Nelson because he's of such a nervous disposition. I think that he would literally have a heart attack and die. Right. Uh, he's a neurotic cat. I once had to get him cat Valium for real. Nice. And uh, did you try some? Yeah, stuff? I tried some. Of but it was did. too weak for me. And uh, but it was Barely strong enough for him. Yeah, exactly. But the. But this cat, the cat kept jumping on the coffee table while we were watching West Ham Liverpool. My brother Theo, he hates cats, so I was trying to keep it away from him. And uh, I took this. My my son had one of these party streamer blowers. What do you call that? What they call um, party blowers, right? The things that unfold. Yeah. Party blowers. I pick it up. I said, Nelson, get off the table. He ignores me. And I went and blew it at him, right? And it came out at his face, and he hesitated for about. Four seconds and just stared. And then after the hesitation, he leapt off the table, landed back on it, slipped, lost his lost his footing, fell over like really inelegantly, not like that at all. And then bolted out the cat flapping across the garden. And I thought, must he must have thought it was a snake. Just like they think cucumbers are snakes, yeah. apparently. Long cylindric objects. Mm. Anyway, go. Chris Wood built but a bit by an insect, still played. Still played. This is it. Uh, moving on, I've got some notes about Wolves and Everton, but they're a bit football-y, so we'll leave that. Uh, Newcastle 1, Spurs 2. Decent start for Spurs. Not a great start for Newcastle, but the fans of Newcastle United did a protest against Mike Ashley. Yeah. Pre-match by going round to Northumberland Street and shouting at a shop. Was it House of Fraser? It was Sports Direct. Was Sports Direct, right. Yeah, they, wouldn't have, they wouldn't have been loud near House of Fraser. Have you ever been to Sports Direct? Like The staff in there are so disinterested. And I don't blame them because we've heard all about the conditions under which they have to work. I yeah. feel for them. But they are utterly indifferent. They're op- operating at minimum level, aren't they? And you who can blame got, them? Excuse me. Uh, do you have a um, one of these T-shirts in a large? I don't know, you know. 
Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know, you know. Like, but you just fucking tell me you work here. I right. said he doesn't know. Wait, wait there a minute. And then he'll just like fuck off and never come back. Like the chance of any Literally of them fuck off and leave the job. giving a fuck about the new car, about the two army stood outside yeah. their shop. They're like, who's that out there shouting at our shop? I don't know, you know. They seem pretty angry. Yeah. Anyway. The customers. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know. I so don't know what it's no supposed to achieve. Mike Ashley wouldn't have given a fuck. It doesn't uh, give a the flying fuck. Give a... The Newcastle fans did take some chocolate bars in for the staff. Oh, that's There's nice. a kind of apology for what they oh, were did about they? to do. Yeah, oh, that's they, really nice. Before they started shouting at the shop for 45 minutes. Yeah, some, here's an apology in advance. Here's a Snickers yeah. mix. I'm about to shout my head off at your place of work. Yeah. Um, Bit strange all round. Did you, you see Shearer? Shearer going mad about it. I quite liked the way that Shearer got so angry on Match what was of the she, Day. What was he saying about He went, it? I'm as angry as the fans. It's ridiculous. And he properly ranted in an almost... Like I respect a rant when it becomes unfocused and incoherent, yeah. because then you think that's a real rant. It's yeah, coming he's from lost the heart. His mind. It's yeah. irrational. It's just emotional, and I kind of like it. And I, I thought, well, this is an authentic bananas rant. Uh, to extend that Ian Wright just started laughing, <laughs> right? And and Shearer stopped and turned to him on match day. What are you laughing at? <laughs> Did he? Yeah, and Ian Wright was just like, oh, no, nothing, mate. It's just uh, uh, I'm loving your passion. Like, I freaked out. I mean, you know, Ian Wright, hardly a shrinking violet. Yeah. But you know when someone's got that emotional next to you, like your mate's really going crazy, yeah. the last thing you should do is laugh. Yeah. And, like, uh, really yeah, it was out. really crazy. And, and I used to find Shearer so tedious and kind of... But he's really opened up a bit over the last... Well, since the World Cup, he's kind of become more relaxed in himself. He, he Apparently, in, in his private life, he enjoys a sing-song. He's well, a I karaoke him, king. I saw him singing um, Lionel Richie's That's All right, Night Long during yeah. the World Cup, and it was a marvellous rendition. It was and one of my moments of the World Cup. His daughter once posted a video of him singing in the car as well. Yeah. Was that? I think that might have been a U2 song. I think it was. We've come all the Was way back for day, perhaps something like that. Oh, I hope not. I hate that one. Never oh. mind. I didn't see much of the day this weekend, which I probably should have done with this football podcast thing. But yeah, I, I went to see Adam Ant in a field instead. Oh, how's he doing he was these brilliant. days? He's sixty-four, and he was. He's still gorgeous. Brilliant. Oh yeah, really. And he's still he's still got it. Whatever it is, he's still got it. Well, I mean, he was, he was the world's most gorgeous man, really, wasn't he? In his prime. But it was supported by the Boomtown Rats, led by Bob Geldof, who were incredibly piss poor. Really? Geldof just yelled at us all for 50 minutes. Did he let you between songs? No, he was doing some kind of like sort of fifth rate Mick Jagger thing and yelling at us and kept sh- kept yelling about how the Boomtown Rats were mega. Oh, who no, who uses not. that word in 2018? And he's You're got a fraud, Nigel. Now. Do you remember that when he did the Flotella hijack? Yeah. Hijack. You're a fraud, Nigel. Yeah. He really made that was the only moment where I considered going Brexit, Andy, because I saw all these uh, bohemian gadflies on Bob Gel on Bob Geldof's me- metropolitan mm. elite like Flotella shouting at Kate Howie and Nigel, Nigel Farage. Farage. Yeah. And for a few moments I was on Farage's side <laughs> yeah. because they looked so annoying. Well, I was annoyed for fifty minutes, but I didn't see much of the day, but we can we can get past that, I think. This, this is it! it. Um, what else have we got that happened? Crystal Palace looked good and won at Fulham. That's quite worrying for Fulham losing the first game. Yeah, I was surprised because Fulham... I, we thought I, they were going to do all right, didn't Yeah, we? yeah, I did. I thought they'd built a good team. And I, was, is, I thought they'd win that. for them. Um, that's kind of all I've got uh, for the well, Yeah, I mean, Everton Wolves, you skipped over. Uh, but yeah, again, Wolves were a little bit 
disappointing, weren't they? Again, you'd think they'd get three points in that first one, but yeah, not to be. See how they do this season. Um, moving into the championship, if if you've got nothing else to oh, add for the blimey. Premier League, yeah, I didn't. I thought we were just. I thought it's called Top Flight Time Machine. Oh. Oh, well, I, I don't mind. Let's dip a toe well, into the... Well, I haven't the... got much. I'm just going to say that it's looking quite strong already at the top of the championship. Bloody Leeds. Leeds. What about Leeds? They yeah. spanked Frank Lampard's derby. Yeah. He got taught a lesson by Bielsa, the hipster's hipster the manager. hipster's hipster, yeah. It looks like Leeds are going all the way this season. And Middlesbrough as well at the top. Two wins and a draw from the first three. They're your tip, aren't they? They are. Aston Villa and Swansea up there. Forest up there. Could be a really good championship season, this, mm. I think. If all those teams, who would you like? Who would you, do you in your mind? Is there a Premier? I mean, obviously, whoever's in the Premier League deserves to be there. But blokes of our generation have a sort of an ideal top flight in our heads, and I would say a lot of those teams in the Championship. I, you know, no disrespect to some of the teams in the Premier League right now, but one day. I think we'd all like to see Nottingham Forest in the top flight and probably Leeds. Although yeah. everyone hates Leeds who doesn't support them, you'd kind of like them in the top flight. They kind of deserve to be there, you think, just on merit or on, on, you know, on reputation. Wednesday, well, Sunderland. Yeah. You know, so we want rid of the few... likes of Bournemouth and Watford and Brighton and Yeah, fuck all them. Yeah. Hopefully four or five of them will go down this season. Yeah. Uh, what else happened in the championship at Rotherham? There were some some very moving tributes to Barry Chuckle. Yeah, uh, I heard the about Rotherham this. and Ipswich fans shouted to me, to you, to That's me, great, to you. Isn't it? How did That's they nice. choreograph that? Do you think that happened spontaneously? I think it will have done. It's just that great. area, just where there's the the fans that are cl- close together. Yeah. And there's that line of stewards between them. Just someone. Well, just well done it. to the Ipswich fans for getting involved in yeah, that. Yeah. I absolutely. don't know if if someone if they'd tried that if it had been Sunderland. Would that and your would your away support have engaged oh, in God, that? Yeah, really. Of course we would. Well, see, Good I don't have I don't have complete faith that the West Ham away support would have engaged in that. But who knows? One or two must have surely. Have they not got the sense of humour to, to do it? They've got sense of humour, but when we're away, we tend to not enter into any sort of pacts with the other <laughs> fans on any level. Apart from once when we were at Arsenal and we like to sing. Stand up if you hate Tottenham. And when the Arsenal fans stand up, we all sing, do what we tell you, you only do what we tell you. <laughs> so Arsenal fans are very easy to confuse and goad, aren't they? They are. <laughs> Down in League Two, just one notable piece of action. Uh, Macclesfield nil, Grimsby two. And that match was delayed for a few minutes by a goose <gasps> that strayed onto the pitch. Right. So that's well, quite interesting. How do you feel about geese? I am not a fan. No, it's too unpredictable. Yeah. If a goose was to be released into this studio now, um, I don't know what I would do, to be oh, honest. Oh, fuck me. I'd be, I, mean, obviously I would neither react us like a cat had seen a cucumber. would probably be up on the table. Neither of us would beat it to death with that chair there, because uh, that would be wrong. I'd be tri- I'd be too scared to beat it to death. Would you go out the window? We're on a- the second any floor. exit. I would kill you. And I would try to... My first instinct, and I hate to admit this, would be like... Kill Andy and feed him to the goose. <laughs> <laughs> it's obvious. Kill Andy, feed just, him to the goose. Just rip one of my limbs off him. And, and then, the and then, while the goose feasts on Andy's corpse, I, he'll be distracted, yeah. and I will just simply walk out. And then there's obviously we're here at Acast's offices, yeah. And they'll say, "What? You're right. Have you finished?" And I'll go, "Yeah, Andy's just taking care of a bit of admin." <laughs> <laughs> and they wouldn't come into body for ages, but when they did, there'd be not much left of Dawson. There'd be one big fat goose looking satisfied with himself. But 
you'd be walking out of that door straight into the clutches of whoever released the goose into the studio in the first place. Why would they have done that as a test of us as podcasters? A, 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 probably a test to see which of us is the most resilient or the most inventive or the strongest. Do you think they do it to the other podcasters? I don't know, but once you're out there, who knows what they've got lined up for you once you a get prize. out the door. If you're the strongest of the two of us, you've two survived men. The, two survived men, the goose. one goose. Two men, one podcast. And a goose. Who will win? <laughs> this could be better than Sausage Island. No, nothing's better than Sausage Island. But it is a good idea to release we, a wild goose. We, we can work on it in future episodes. I think we can sort of horn it and tailor it over future episodes. Uh, so that's you know they've done two. that. They've done that before. To what would happen if they did it to Radio Six Music's Radcliffe and McConey? Have they done that? Did you say? I, I think that they, they've. BBC management committees have decided that they can't afford to have both of them. They can only have one, but oh, they can't right. decide which one stays and which one goes. So, someone, Sir Tony Hall, Lord Hall, mm-hmm. the boss of the BBC, has suggested they resolve it with the, the goose experiment. The goose. Implement the goose. <laughs> Activate the goose. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that, it's what happened with Mark and Lard. That's how Radcliffe yeah. stayed on and Lard went because Lard had a foot eaten by a He was a in goose. hospital for five months, wasn't he? By yeah. which time Radcliffe established himself as a solo performer. Yeah. 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 So Radcliffe's obviously handy in a goose situation. So good luck to him. I mean, it's one in the eye for people who think that broadcasting is not a tough environment. Yeah. Absolutely. It is. This is it. Uh, let's just finish off with a couple of legends in reduced circumstances. Mm. Um, Wayne Rooney, did you see that goal? That he set up no. in the middle of the night before we came in. It, it <laughs> night was the last football. minute night football, yeah. It was 2 2. He's played for DC United against some bunch of fuck knows what in the American League. Uh, awful, awful league. Um, and uh, DC United's keeper went up for a corner mm. to try and win the match in the last minute. It got cleared, and let's just say it. FC Yankee Doodle, whoever they were playing, <laughs> ran up the other end. Rooney head after him, followed him to the halfway line, got a sliding tackle in, got the oh. ball off him before he could put it into the open goal at the other end. Wow. And then Rooney came forward what? and chipped a 40 yard cross field pass into the box for his teammate to score the winner and get his hat trick. That's like when one of the, you let one of the fifth years join in with you when you're yeah. in the first year. It was proper Roy the Rovers stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's just like unfair. But, to me, it looked like the sort of thing Rooney would do in his massive garden if he was playing against his kids. Yeah, exactly. It's and, the shit you do and, against and, your kids. And he was having a barbecue and he'd had a few too many drinks and he thought, right, I'll fucking get involved here and you show know, you who's boss. When you do play football with your kids, how much do you allow yourself to indulge your football in fantasies by performing things against them that you would never be able to perform against other adult players? And how much do you just let them score to I, give their confidence? I really don't turn it on. Never, Although, ever. to be fair, we were playing in my mate's garden on the night of the England semi-final of the World Cup and I scored a goal where I, I kept it up three times and then turned and volleyed it. Past, <laughs> Smashed it. Past, past my mate's um, six-year-old <laughs> yeah. son, James. If it had hit him in the face, it would have busted his nose wide open. I got Yeah, I got caught up in the moment and it was a fucking brilliant goal, but I thought afterwards it was a very small goal as well. One of those little plastic <laughs> ones with the net. And I thought if... If it had hit James in the face, it would have been a hospital job. <laughs> you just had to score. I had to do you it had though. to yeah. bury it. I, it was, did. Andy, it was instinct. Mm. And you never lose that. So, you know, 
And there thank was... God he did. He survived. Thank God you didn't do a Roger Miller and kick a kid's head <laughs> clean off. Clean off. And then there was the time at the school summer fair a couple of years ago uh, when it was me and my boy against a couple of older boys. <laughs> well, not older than me, older <laughs> than him. Smashed one and, of them in the face and what, of your elbow. One, one of them sort of booted the ball really hard at, at me boy who was in goal. So I, I might have gone a little bit Roy Keane on him <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> did you clean him out? <laughs> Kind of, yeah. <laughs> That's fair enough. He smashed your boy. Enough you, time has passed now. You reserve the right. Enough time has passed. Statute of limitations and all of that. In your no memoir, in your memoir, it's gonna be like that description that Roy Keane does of his Alfinger Harland tackle. Kind of. In your yeah. memoir, it's goes, I went out to hurt him. I knew I wanted to do damage. Crunch. As soon as I went in, I knew it was serious. Good, I thought. Have some of that, you little shit. He was he was a little shit as well. To be fair, he yeah. deserved it. So that was Wayne Rooney with his his night goal that he set up. Um, and Ronaldo, not Cristiano Ronaldo, who scored Ronaldo. his first goal for Juventus against Juventus B mm. in some weird friendly match that they play in some fucking town outside Turin. Not interested <laughs> in that. But Fat Ronaldo has just spent two days in hospital with pneumonia. Pneumonia is a weird thing to get in Brazil, isn't it? Well, he's, it sounds awful and you feel like you've got a bit of sympathy for him because he, he does enjoy the, um, the party lifestyle. Pneumonia, pneumonia, if you're not old and you get pneumonia, I do automatically think mm, can party I just, lifestyle. Can I, just, can I just throw in the word Ibiza? Is that where it started? Yeah, that's where it happened. Shit. So it's not it's not proper pneumonia, is it? No, it's, it's party pneumonia. Party pneumonia. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Still feel for him and his family. I hope he gets over it, but yeah. I hope he learns some lessons from it. I'm sure he will, because he's a big lad, isn't he? Mm. Okay, that's about it, I reckon, from this week's um, roundup of the football. What have we learned about the Premier League? Anything we didn't know um, already? I'm no. not sure, but I've learned a lot about um, Disney princesses. I've got more to say about that in the next episode, probably. Save it for next week, mate. I'd love to know what listeners thought. For me, the best movie is easily Snow White. The fittest princess is definitely Belle. But when you're talking about attractiveness, then, of course, Pocahontas is always there or thereabouts. Okay, and that's it from us. And we'll be back later in the week with Premier League season... Ooh, 99 to 2000, I think it is coming 2000, up. 2000, 2001. That's the one we're recording later on. Oh, okay. I forgot that we'd already got one back. Sorry. You can re-record that. Okay, thanks everyone. Bye-bye. Here we go. 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 This is it. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.